but we and the community have to take up the banner of, of, of the Jesuit world. And so we've been asked as a teacher to be involved in a student's life academically. That's what we do. Uh, but spiritually as well, and through uh, co-curriculars. You cannot be a teacher and just go home. Like we ask students, don't just come to school and go home. You're missing everything. Right. That gave us the opportunity to meet a student and see a student outside of the classroom. And it get, allowed us to share ourselves with them. They're sharing themselves with us, and we have a better understanding of our community. Hi, and welcome to the Day One Podcast. My name is Simon Moran, and I'm sitting with Mr. Mike Ward of Brophy College Prep. Mr. Ward is both the Admissions and Alumni Relations Director for Brophy College Preparatory in Phoenix, Arizona. He began teaching social studies here in 1994, having over 25 years of tenure. Mr. Ward attended St. Francis High School in Mountain View, California, and had uh, a few teachers that attended Jesuit schools that were influences in his journey to join Brophy's Jesuit community. Along with being a graduate of Santa Clara University in California, a Jesuit-based school, Mr. Ward understands the impact and influence he has on over 1,300 men on campus who come from all over the valley. Brophy has an amazing athletic facility and a dedicated teaching staff that help mentor the students through their four years here and beyond. Mr. Ward, thank you for joining the Day One Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. First time. (laughs) So the Day One Podcast focuses on business owners, influencers, and community leaders. Playing a role in shaping so many young men's lives, I feel that you and an institution like Brophy have a huge impact throughout our community, and in some cases, far beyond it. One of my first memories of Brophy, the Brophy community was when I was around maybe 10 years old and my father, an 80s graduate, took me to an alumni service project where we helped build and paint the outer facade of a central Phoenix home, still remembering climbing on my ladder with a paint roller dripping white paint and seeing <laughs> the impact a large group could bring to this family in need. You recently hosted another one of those alumni service events, and I'm sure there were kids that attended that will that will recall the same experience as they joined Brophy during their high school career. Tell me a little bit about the time you have spent at Brophy and why the community seems to be so impactful. Wow. Uh, that's a loaded question. Um, I think and just in for, for me personally and also for my family that this place has formed me like it's formed students. I, I walked into this place not really knowing what Jesuit education was, and especially when I became the admissions director at Brophy, I had to learn a little bit more about this idea. So how am I promoting Brophy around the valley? We had to learn it. You have to understand it. And we as a school, because there's not as many Jesuits left anymore, now we only have one. When I arrived here, there were 20. It's, the onus is on the community and the family to do this. And so the big thing I've taken out of that is, is uh, never, never say no. Um, uh, you're going to get asked a lot of questions to do things, but at Brophy, you, you say yes, because typically those things you're being asked to do are helping community and it's helping students. And that's what we've done. So, or what we do. So this place is a vocation. Um, not only am I a teacher administrator, I'm, uh, I'm doing things today that I never thought I would do. And that's because I've taken a risk. I don't think we get enough people in our world taking a risk. They get too comfortable. We don't want kids to be comfortable here at Brophy. And so if, it's, if we're asking the kids to be doing those things, we got to ask our teachers to do the same thing. So in terms of the formation of me, 
I am much more comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think uh, that's helped form me, shape me. Uh, it's helped my uh, educational life, my, um, my spiritual life, my family life, my, how, I'm, how I work within the community. Because Brophy means something to so many people. Uh, I always kind of talk about retreats and things in my talks about who am I today. Uh, I speak in public now where in high school – my nickname was Psycho, so I didn't like to speak in class. So right. it's a 180-degree shift here, but this really is because of what happened at Santa Clara, meeting people, learning to laugh at myself, taking a risk, and having knowing there's always people behind me that are gonna they're gonna help me along the way. Right. And once you're free to know to do that, it's it's just go for it time. So uh, when I was asked to be the admissions guy. Um, and I delved into this idea of what Jesuit education is. The I started going back to my roots, and you mentioned in, your, in the intro there about four teachers that had an impact on me. Uh, Chris Bradford, Mike Mitchell, Ron Calcagno, and Ray Calcagno all went to Jesuit high schools. They all worked at St. Francis. They all shared themselves with all of us, mm-hmm. and uh, you look forward to going to their classes. You look for, uh, forward to coaching or playing with them as their coaches. And... Uh, I started coming here and look at the grad at grad, being open to growth, being uh, intellectually competent, religious, loving, committed to justice, and that's all in their classes. And uh, and that kind of gave me the model of how I'm going to be as a teacher. Uh, and and I and I think back to the kids I've met, the people I've worked with, and uh, especially the people who work here are so dynamic. And there's sometimes I feel that I don't do it enough mm-hmm. because there's so many people that do so much. So I can along kind of bring this back to to the question this place as a as a community is um is very influential in my life and then i get the the opportunity to live it so i get to lead retreats teach class do service projects coach if i was coaching at the time i get to work with students who i know are going to take this message of leadership of being people for others with others out for the rest of their lives. I know some kids are going to get it right away. Mm-hmm. Some kids may get it 10 years or 15 years, or like in my case, not till I was over 30. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's what I was supposed to be doing. As long as the message is heard, or, uh, at least spoken, at some point people are going to connect. And I think that's the difference between Brophy and this community. Everyone I've met when I first started here, but really when I moved into North Central Phoenix, it was our family joining St. Francis Xavier Parish community where we started to really feel at home. I was home here right away. Mm-hmm. I felt connected. But for my wife and my kids, uh, I was having a lot of fun at Brophy, and they're kind of trying to get used to Phoenix. Right. That place made a huge difference in our family life. Brophy's made a huge impact in my life. My son, who graduated in 2014, my daughter and my youngest is going to be going to Xavier. So both went, are going to Xavier or went to Xavier. This place in North Central Phoenix is it stretches so far, right. um, but at the same time, it's very close to home and uh, it's a village. It's a village that takes care of others. Now, uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola is a repeated figure throughout the Brophy experience. What about his teachings? Do you think bring such guidance and inspiration? I think they're relatable. Um, if if you know a little bit of the story, I'll keep it short. As the history teacher, me will want to go deep into this. He was a soldier with a sixth grade education who got hurt to the point where he couldn't be a soldier anymore. So, in his own life story, he had to figure out to get out of his own way, mm. and in that was taking a risk. So we always talk about coming to Brophy. Is you're gonna as a student that may live. 30, 40 miles away to the students who walk across the street is that they're taking a risk. They're going on a journey. Ignatius' journey 
put him on a path of experiences that shaped his life. And a lot of it is what he saw in the world, and he had to get out of his own way. So the big thing about Ignatius is to find God in all things. In the darkest times and in the greatest times, God is present. So who is God in your life? Uh, I couldn't answer that question as a 25-year-old. I couldn't answer as a 20-year-old. I couldn't answer it you know, far back. Now I see God. I see God in you. I see God in every person I meet. And I think that's what Ignatius was really getting at, is that how are we going to encounter the world? Do we only encounter the things we want to see? No, can't do that. We encounter everything and find God in those things and try to make a difference in people's lives. So for him, it was going all in. And and that's something that's hard to do, I think, for anybody in their world today is just to go all in. Right. That was his mission at the time for him. I think he was doing it for his own popularity, but he soon realized that going all in meant making a difference in people's lives. And he quickly, this is not about me, it's about others, men for others as our tagline. So him seeing the world as it is, um, question the world as it was. Why do people treat people differently? Mm. Just because of maybe their status economically or socially. And he said that just was not right. How are we going to fix that? And that was through education. Eventually, it became through education. Right. And also, um, the other term I like to use a lot is, uh, is if you're going to do this, go out and do it. You have to act. You have to be really active. Uh, actions more than words. Uh, but also, it goes out and set the world on fire. So I love going into schools and say, guys, I want you to come to Brophy and then take what you learn here and go out and set the world on fire. I say, I'm not going to go burn <laughs> things down, literally, but do things, be agents of change. Sure. You know, do things that people don't want to do. Right. Uh, ask the questions that need to be asked. Don't sit and be um, you know, still okay, and isolated. You got to put yourself out of the global world. We got to get our, we got to understand what's going on. So mm. that's, for me, it's a big thing. It's that walk. So okay. I always imagine the walk that a student takes here is a journey, and that journey is going to put him through experiences, freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior year, that when they're writing that paper saying, this is who I am for a college application, when they graduate, they have a base behind them that they, may, you know, again, some realize it and some don't, but they have a base behind them that says, I'm going to go out and do more than just go to school. Uh, I see kids all the time that come back, alumni, and they're not just going to school and going home. They are involved in activities. They're involved in service. They're involved in clubs and activities and things like that that I just did not do. It right. was just not cool or I didn't know about it. Um, but today it's about being busy and doing things that you're passionate about and doing them well. And that's, to me, what Ignatius's teachings are all about. It's love, service to others, do the right thing. Uh, act on what you know, and uh, and see God in all things. You know, you'll be happier that way. Definitely. Yeah. Brophy strives to educate the whole person through rigorous academics and innovative technology, through outreach and service, and through retreats and personal reflection. Having the opportunity to watch many breakthroughs, major growth, and the maturation process for so many young men, what does it mean to be part of that and witness the manifestation of Brophy's teaching in so many lives? It's everything. Um, I didn't. I wasn't always a teacher. Um, I started teaching right out of college, and then um, with not really understanding what I was doing. I was offered a third-year contract with a stipulation where they wanted me to go to school and get a little teaching degree. And I went, you're asking me to make a decision. Um, I went and worked, got a job job, mm-hmm. and did well. And uh, But there was a satisfaction piece that never really 
manifests itself as much fun. Even though I was making absolutely no money teaching high school back in the day, uh, I loved going to school every day. And I didn't like getting up and doing this job I was doing, you know, knowing that I have to do this to get promoted, to keep on going forward, play that game. The education piece, I don't know, maybe it felt easier to me, but I was happier. Mm. So going back to teaching was a huge thing. And then manifesting here at Brophy is we're, I think when I, when I look at teachers in schools, no matter where I've been, there's always been those few teachers that did everything. Right. And, and I think other teachers kind of rode the coattails of them. Um, I say the same thing was a little bit true when I arrived at Brophy. We made a real... I don't know, paradigm shift uh, in the late 90s about who we are. We can't really rely on the Jesuits to be here anymore because that's just not happening. So we and the community have to take up the banner of, of, of the Jesuit world. And so we've been asked as a teacher to be involved in the student's life academically. That's what we do. Uh, but spiritually as well and through uh, co-curriculars. You cannot be a teacher and just go home. Like we ask students, don't just come to school and go home. You're missing everything. Right. That gave us the opportunity to meet a student and see a student outside of the classroom. And it get, allowed us to share ourselves with them. They're sharing, sharing themselves with us, and we have a better understanding of our community. Uh, the service element, dropping it down to the sophomore and freshman levels when I think well, before you arrived, uh, it was really a junior thing. So there's two years of kids kind of going through here like, why am I working this hard? Right. And then the service element meets them with new people and new experiences and they go, oh, I get it now. Bring that down. So, But we as teachers had to be involved in that. We got to be involved in retreats and lead retreats. It used to be just kind of a Jesuit thing. When all those doors opened, it was, I always call it my Field of Dreams, that movie, if you're yeah, familiar yeah. with Field of Dreams, Timothy Busfield, I can't remember his name, but uh, he's the guy that never could see the baseball players. Right. And I see Brophy a lot of times as that a retreat, a service project allows people to see more. They didn't know it was actually out there. That's the satisfaction of watching students grow, mm. challenge themselves, watch, remember what they look like as freshmen and how they look as seniors leaving. They completely change physically. Right. But man, the impact we can make on them in their academic life and their spiritual life and in their just social life, mm. the confidence that kids walk out of here. And, and I think it's a healthy confidence. And, you know, sometimes confidence can be deemed as something kind of poor or really a self-centered but I, I believe a brophy confidence of a kid is a kid that goes to, if it's local or across the country, you're a brophy kid. There's mm. something about you, and it's because they're active right. and they want to do things. That's a big satisfaction for me. Cool. Um, brophy lives by the saying, men for others. That's another loaded question. How would you define such a trait? Um, I think in, in one sense we answered a little bit, yeah. but to be men for others, the one thing that the Jesuits have changed on that is to say men and women for and with others or with and for others. It's not like I just go do something and I leave. Right. We're going to be with you all a step of the way. So being that leader is, um, is the grad at grad. You know, it's a person who is open, uh, open, to, open to change, taking risk and trying new things. Uh, seeing the world in a different way, not being afraid to be smart. So read up, know what's going on, be a global citizen is a huge part. And then if you love and have a passion for something, go all in. 
Um, be religious, whatever. And this is kind of the interesting thing about Brophy is that we're not, it's not 80 or 90% Catholic. It's a mixture of everybody. But seeing those things intertwine of right. love, family, taking care of the community, big piece of that. And I think our guys go out into the world doing that connections and business and, and social life, even, you know, marriages potentially with Xavier and things like that. It's just really kind of cool. See, uh, the loving piece is to me, it's uh, no one likes to use the term brotherhood all the time. And I, it's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you know, I want that guy next to me. And when I'm going through this thing, I got my buddies next to me and they're going to help me. And then there's this, you know, what am I going to do with my life as a, as a professional and, you know, after graduation, am I going to give up the service thing? Am I going to do these things? Or am I going to incorporate that into my family's life, into my business life, into my whatever that's going to be? I believe that men for men being men for others is really about uh, being open, being smart, being religious, being loving, being committed, doing justice. It's a well-rounded human being that's going to look at the world in, in multiple ways but seeing where they can make a difference. And uh, that's, to me, it's, it's leadership. It's active leadership. It's not sitting back and saying, oh, I've already done this before. And I think the experience of Brophy, too, is really interesting as a community because it seems very small while you're here and going through it. Yeah. But then once you expand outside of it, you're graduated. And, I mean, you just run into random people that either went to Brophy or know about Brophy. And, and it's just it's such a strong um, brand in a sense that it stretches far beyond. Well, locally. I've got in, in doing the college search with my two older uh, kids, we went and they wanted to get out of the state of Arizona to see different parts of the world. So my daughter's in Chicago. My son went to school outside of Boston and Worcester and at Holy Cross. And uh, at each place, you know, of course, I'm going to wear the Brophy shirt and see what happens, you know, and the missions director, all that kind of stuff. And now alumni, I can remember so much being in Chicago when I moved my daughter in. My wife and I have got all these big bags where say, yeah, we'll take the train and, and take it to O'Hare. And, and, and I bust into the, uh, uh, the train, uh, the subway, the L there, and I look up. And there's two eyes staring at me, and, and it goes, hey, Mr. Ward. And I go, Mr. <laughs> Ennis, how are you? And there's a student I had taught in, in, uh, in summer school that's looking at me. I go, what are you doing in Chicago? Right. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, of course you are. You wow. know? Or I could be in Boston Commons and wearing a Brophy shirt, and a guy, like, hey, I'm a 75 grad. How's Brophy doing? You know, It's like the kids at my son's at, at Holy Cross loved Brophy gear, yeah. and uh, they actually came here to witness the – I don't know, a couple of years ago, we were number one, and we had this ESPN final shot to buzzer beater, and they right. were at that game, and they just said, Mr. Ward, this place is not normal. I go, <laughs> it's not. But the, the thing is, we got 12,000 grads, um, living grads um, in this place. It's got a, a history, and I think, and I, I hate to be, I don't know, I think, think Brophy, in one sense, influences what goes on in Phoenix in a lot of different ways. And I think a lot of those are really, really positive. So it is crazy. Mm. Um, there's too many times I've met professors like at ASU who, who have maybe send their kids here because they've had students in, in, their, in their classrooms that are either from Brophy or Xavier, and they just see a student that's a student having fun. Right. Um, you know, um, at class, taking notes and doing well on tests. The kids know how to write. They know how to study. Not all those perfect, but they're willing to be there. And I think because they went to Brophy, there's a confidence built in that. And I think people see that. 
uh, when people move into the state, what's the best high school? And, you know, I'm hoping people are saying, well, send them to Brophy, you know, and I'm, and then I get the chance to show them around and they get to tie all these connections. Well, so-and-so told me, I go, yeah, we do this, this, and this. And it's, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I actually went on a civil rights trip through Brophy with Mr. Fisco in yeah. Alabama and we pulled up, we, we were touring the whole state and we pulled into the university, hopped out of the van. And the first thing was, are you guys from Brophy? And we look over and there's this girl who uh, actually went to Hamilton. She was a volleyball player at Hamilton right. High School. And, you know, she knew of us and everything. She's like, what are you guys doing down here? So we spoke to her. And it's just, it's a really interesting experience to have that type of association with others. It really is. Whether it's the name or the energy or something, I think, um, you know, in the last, in my 25 years here, it's it's something that we've worked really hard to you know, to just to be the that person or the an institution that is doing the right thing. Never perfect, but we're always finding ways to get better. And I think people really appreciate that. And being at, at teacher at Brophy, it's sad, there's satisfaction. It's hard work. You know, the, I think there's one misconception that, hey, you get to teach all these great kids and it's going to be really easy. <laughs> we have social, you know, there's this, the society pressures are also in here, but it's how we deal with that, how we work with kids. The idea that you've got a, an administrative staff, um, you got the teachers here, and that everyone's helping each other out right. if you need help, and that's cool. Having attended uh, Santa Clara University as a student, how do you feel the Jesuit community impacted your experience? God, sorry about that. How about <laughs> I would not be sitting here yeah. uh, as a teacher. Um, Santa Clara saved me. I think the experience that Brophy kids get here, I got at Santa Clara. My best friends, I've got, I can't say that. I don't have 25 individuals from my old high school that I could just say, call up and say, hey, what are we going to do? I've, I've got 25 to 30 guys and girls, and it's a bigger thing. The class of 1985 in Santa Clara, it, um, it's always been there for me. They challenged me, pushed me. The school, when I was about to fail out because I just didn't know how to study, I didn't have any discipline in doing things, and it was the school recognizing that, put me in front of Dean Drawman at the time, asked me, "What are you blank? Are you doing here at Santa Clara? Are you gonna, are you gonna, you know, do something?" All right, sorry, there's our bell. Um, you know, what, you know, what are you gonna do? And uh, I, you know, I say, she says, "You're never gonna be this major. You're not disciplined enough to do this. We need to figure something out that you like." Well, I like listening to stories. Mm. I became a history major by default. Um, that saved me. And then I had I, so many guys either went to Loyola, Bellarmine, SI, Jesuit Sacramento, Jesuit Portland, Bellarmine, Tacoma, Regis in Denver, um, Servite, which isn't Jesuit, but it's an all-guys school down south. Those guys looked at my notes and said, nope, this isn't how you do it. You do it this way. This is how I was taught. You need to do this and this because you got, you got to get these things done so we can go out and have fun. Right. And I was playing baseball on top of that. So how did I manage those things where I was just kind of spinning my wheels because I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to start. I knew how to get B's in high school. That doesn't work in college. It doesn't work at a place like Santa Clara because they're asking so much more of you and you've got to own it. And um, I didn't have the confidence to own it. Santa Clara and my friends saved me. They, uh, they held me up and showed me how to get things done. So when I was, I walked across the stage, but I've taken that into my teaching because I want everyone to have that experience. Mm -hmm. Brophy, it's crazy. I think that's the beauty of this place is that their friend group here is big. 
And, and they all, all these kids talking, alumni come back, they talk about how important it was to be at Brophy and how it influenced them. And then they go out to college and their friend group there gets big. And now they've doubled the size of their friend group. Right. And uh, our whole thing now is trying to get people to connect and, yep. and to remember those things. So huge and, piece. And, and so speaking on that experience, what kind of, you spoke to it a little bit, What but what drew you to teaching and becoming a uh, uh, community leader at Brophy? Oh, my um, no idea on that part of it. Um, uh, probably by default, um, I turned in teaching because I was actually went to class, which is a good thing at Santa Clara. And I was walking back from O'Connor hall with my head down and just thinking, cause I had baseball practice and all that kind of stuff. And then walking the opposite direction was Father John Bitterman, who had become the principal at St. Francis and Mountain, and Saint, not St. Francis, but uh, Notre Dame and Sherman Oaks. And for whatever reason, my head looked up and he saw me and says, what are you doing? I thought I was in trouble. He's my mm-hmm. old dean. He says, All right, what are you doing? What's your major? History. I need a baseball coach. You're still playing baseball? Yes. Uh, can you teach religion? I said, why not? And I, next thing I know, I'm, I'm on a plane the next week and go through seven interviews, get in the car and says, you got a job. That's my introduction to teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, not prepared. But I think that's where the Santa Clara piece taught me that I can do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to just let myself go. So the teaching piece of it was not something I went to school thinking this was going to do the rest of my life. Um, the decision to go to, to become a teacher, that end game was, it was personally, it was satisfying. I kind of talked about that earlier. And um, I've taught at the high school level. I've taught at the grade school level, at all Catholic school, boys and girls, uh, seventh, eighth grade, you know, having eight subjects to prepare for, huge experience. And then being here at Brophy, it's been, it's been doing multiple things. And um, it's fun. It's just it's a lot of fun. If any of the viewers listening are interested in having their kids come to Brophy, could you do a quick rundown of how the process works? Yeah, the process, yes. Yeah. So it's an application process that's very much like a college application process because we're looking at the whole student, not just one aspect of the student. Uh, lately, as in the last 10 years, my big tagline is basically what we're looking for in the student are the things that a student can control. Mm -hmm. And I feel that a student controls as soon as he walks onto that campus and who he is outside of campus. But when he walks on campus, wherever that is, he knows how uh, to act. He knows how to get his homework done. He takes care of his grades. He can control those things. Um, I'm not going to put a lot of emphasis on a test just to get into Brophy, so I don't. Um, But the interviews, the teacher recommendations uh, they get and how they act are a big piece because if you walk around this place, what's awesome about Brophy is that no one's really watching every move that you make. Mm -hmm. We trust the students to do the right things. And I think it's obvious when when I tour people around here. So uh, we're looking at grades. We're looking at how they act. We're looking at teacher recommendations as the priority. Testing helps us determine where a student is going to start if he gets a chance to do honors classes or whatever it is. But the, once you're here at Brophy, that controls everything. So uh, the process uh, begins in October. It ends in January. We give all kinds of opportunities for people to come and investigate us. Sorry about the bell again. Um, investigate us. 
Um, but then we are going to test. We're going to interview every student. That's a good task to mm-hmm. do, but it, it's a way for our community of teachers and staff to say, this kid is awesome because uh, this is what I learned from this kid. He could be great on our campus. Uh, so it's just, it's a lengthy process. Um, it gives us a lot of time for them, for us to get to know them and they get, for them to get to know us. They shadow, they go to open houses, I do events around the valley. And then once um, the end of January comes, we evaluate the month of February, let people know. So we're usually getting between 550 and 650 completed apps in that, uh, in that time between October and end of January. Um, it's a humbling experience and it's a tough experience to have to say no to someone who's qualified and mm-hmm. we do that. And it's not necessarily because they can't be successful here. They can be really successful. We just need more, more seats, you know, if we want to do that. So, um, it's, that's the hardest part. So we're always really making sure that the students that we take understand that to be humble is a huge piece and to know that not everyone had the opportunity to come to Brophy and then you have, so it's up to you. Let's take advantage of this opportunity uh, so it's a it's a big process, but realistically, what we're doing is looking at the whole student. Mm-hmm. Can he be open to growth? I go back to these things: intellectually competent, religious, right. loving, committed to justice. Can I see that person growing on campus and being involved? Is he going to do something here? Is he going to have fun? Mm-hmm. I want him to have fun and uh, to include everybody around. Cool. Yeah. And uh, for alumni, uh, what type of events should we expect uh, after the summer? Let's go. Um, I want guys to come back uh, and I want to go out and meet them. So um, my whole I was asked to do this in mid-October and I said yes immediately um, because I think it's an area that we can grow on a lot here. Um, but my number one goal is not is is to really get people back here so they can connect back with each other and connect back to the school. So we how can we help them make connections to other people? Um, you know, a lot of people I think we're looking at the school is just beautiful and we've built so many neat things and added so many things and by the generosity of a lot of people. Uh, and we still need that. We still need the help for alumni to keep building the endowment. But the number one thing is to connect. So a lot of kind of alumni happy hours tied around different events. Uh, service. We're going to do a service project always in December. And once again, another one always around Easter time. Uh, so we'll have alumni service days that will get bigger and grander, I hope. Uh, and um, and connection. Just uh, sometimes speakers, uh, we've had some speakers here come on campus. I wasn't really a part of those early on. Uh, they were kind of planned before I walked into the job, but kind of listening to what alumni want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, my thing is to get people back here to connect or if I can go out and meet for coffee or, you know, set up some social situations after work where people come back and I can let them know what's going on at Brophy. So get people to connect. My job is to put information out. So websites are going to change and hopefully we're going to create some type of networking system for Brophy and uh, the community to use to help help build relationships and hopefully um, make lives better for a lot of people. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, for those of who, uh, for those of who want to get involved more and follow along with what you and the school have going on, mm-hmm. what's a way that they can contact you and follow you on social media? So, uh, social media. So we do have alumni, Instagram, Facebook, and, and, uh, LinkedIn, and, um, we're building those and getting them better. Um, they could always contact me through my 
uh, email address mward at brophyprep.org or through alumni, alumni at brophyprep.org. Um, our website is, again, we're going to be changing a little bit how that looks, but there's information there where, where uh, individuals can go in and say, this is what's going on. I want to get, this is probably, I should jump back to this, is I want, I want guys to know what other Brophy alum are doing. Right. Um, so I want to have that news and notes and things about the cool things that are happening, like what you're doing. This is this is really interesting. This is fun to do. And also celebrate weddings and celebrate births and, and to remember those who have passed on. Um, sitting in this office in the last few months, I'm getting phone calls from a 58 grad saying, hey, my best friend who went to Brophy passed away last week. And I just wanted to let you guys know it's that's how strong this place is. So uh, there's all kinds of opportunities on our website. That's going to get better. And uh, But just contact us so uh, we can get everyone engaged. Cool. Mr. Ward, thank you for your time today, and thank you for your help in leading thousands of young men over your career, Brophy, and many more to come. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep. It's great. Brophy College Preparatory is a Catholic Jesuit boys' school located at 4701 North Central Avenue in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona. We come together from all over the valley, a diverse group of young men who, over four years, form a community like no other. What makes us unique? We are Jesuit. Brophy is a part of a network of more than 3,500 Jesuit educational institutions serving 2.5 million students worldwide. We are intellectually competent. We gain the knowledge we need to become citizens of the world. We are open to growth. We challenge ourselves to discover who we really are. We are religious. We have the freedom to live out our faith every day. We are loving. We create an atmosphere of acceptance and brotherhood. We are committed to doing justice. We understand the responsibility to live a faith that does justice. We are men of competence. We are men of conscience. We are men of compassion. We are the men of Brophy.